We alone will stand against the box sets, the streaming services, and the forces of cable. This is the Best TV Show Podcast. Welcome back to the Best TV Show Podcast, where I sit down with a guest in front of mine to talk about their favorite TV show or candidate for Best TV Show in, like, not necessarily the world, but just something that really speaks to you. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm sitting today with my friend, Matt, and we're going to talk about How I Met Your Mother, which first I, I want to ask you, like, how you got into How I Met Your Mother, but, like, talk about yourself for a minute. Uh, hi, I'm Matt. Uh, I am the co-founder of the Who Are They Real Entertainment Network. You can find us on YouTube and uh, all various uh, podcast platforms such as Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Yeah. Um, just been I, to answer your question of what got me into how much money. I honestly, I I know from when it started back in two thousand and five to when it ended, and I was just that I've always been kind of the hopeless romantic type. And I was just kind of around the right age. I was just turned, I had just turned or I was just about to turn 11. And um, something about the main character being from Cleveland, which is near and dear to my heart, being a Cleveland, Ohio or myself. Um, and all, it was a show about hope. Or you're, you're about to be a teenager, you're a tween, you it feels like life's collapsing on you. And uh, it was always that show that was the bright spot of my week. So hmm. uh, it, it kind I just stuck with it. And the characters, as I've older, you, at one point in time in your life. Now, granted, some of them are years later. I, I, I always connected with Ted the most and uh, Barney the least, but, in, in general, you are every character, and this is my belief, you you are every character at some point in your life, whether it's Ted, Marshall, Barney, Lily, or Robin, you are, there's a piece of every human being in those characters, so. Yeah, uh, I kind of have those feelings as well. I started watching it, maybe not in the first season, because I would have been 10, and yeah. like still in elementary school. But I definitely started watching it early into high school. And uh, my, my brothers and I, that became like a bonding thing for us because we, we're like multiple years apart. They're all six plus years older than I am. And uh, so, but this was a show that we all watched and we all sat down like Monday nights every time it came on. And we all watched the new episode of How I Met Your Mother. And yeah, it was, it was fun. I, I find the, I mean, obviously it's a sitcom. So all the characters are, you know, turned up to 11 caricatures of people. Right. But I find there are little pieces of all of those characters in everybody. And Mm -hmm. you can like, you can break down a lot of social dynamics with the five main characters. Agreed 110%. And, 
like you you can be the ted in one group but the barney in another you know see i i agree with that to me um like right now my girl my girlfriend laughs me because she's like you're in a mixture of your uh robin and marshall phase because <laughs> I'm, I'm finishing college right now but seeing with all the stuff we do over at who are they real entertainment um I, I do a lot of work, so I'm, I'm throwing myself into my work like Robin would, and mm. I, I, I'm i long past my Ted and Barney phase because I've been with my girlfriend for nearly four years. We are talking about getting married, but before I met, I, I was a little bit more of uh, a Barney because whenever I got my heart broken, it was suit up, make a good impression, and have sex with the first thing that you could, or first girl that you could, I should say. Like that, mm. and it's just one of those things. It's and then after a couple one night stands, you'd end up ready to be back to that Ted phase of I'm ready to find that person for me, and yeah. And then Lily, Lily is the most human character uh, out of all of them in my eyes because she represents that that self doubt we have in in ourselves at times and you see that with her throughout those series and eventually you see her overcome that self-doubt uh in the eighth season when she gets hired by the captain to be his art consultant mm -hmm. so it's it's things like those that make me really fall for this show yeah i've i've actually like tried to break it down a little bit and here's here's what i've got so far um ted is like the the spirit of romanticism right yes. that's that's very clear um i find marshall to be the spirit of childhood yes because like like marshall has this childlike wonder that's shown through his love of games and uh, weird competition squash. and <laughs> yeah and and yeah just believing in sasquatch and ghosts and all of this and um i find barney on the other hand which coincides with childhood a lot but is the spirit of adventure yes and he he always wants everything to be legendary right he wants he wants the biggest yes. night, the most fun, and you know he lies to get there. But that's that's part of the fun is yeah. making it a theatr like this the whole, theatricality exactly. is what's fun about it. <laughs> adding to that, he's also the adding to the sense of child. He's that child reluctant to grow up. He, he's the mm -hmm. Peter Pan. That he's that phase of life where eventually he accepts it's time to grow up. And that's that's part of the reason I love Barney so much. Yeah, and like he he always like keeps a little bit of it, and I I love that bit uh, later on in the seasons when he's telling um, Robin, I think it is that like he can't not lie to her, but at at some points like he's only going to lie to her in the interest of surprising her with something right. awesome. 
And like that, that shows a moment of growth where you realize like he's not just the, the conniving son of a bitch that he always was. Yeah. Which you learn he actually wasn't way back in the past. And it's a whole, it's a little full circle loop. And I, I really enjoy that last bit of him just destroying his, uh, his firm that he works for. Yes. When you find out <laughs> what he does he for a living, the best endings. <laughs> yes. When you finally find out what he does for a living, it all changes. <laughs> and, and when we were talking the other day, uh, you you were, and you hit me up to come on this. I told you it was odd timing because I was watching the finale. Uh, mm. I was. Literally in like the last five minutes, and I get the message from Daniel. Hey, remember that show I told you about? And you said you'd come on and uh, talk about how I met your mother. You, you ready to do that? And I'm like, funny enough, guess what I'm watching? Yeah, it was it was much like when you brought it up to me, and I mentioned like it's one of the shows that I pretty much watch it on repeat. Yep. And like I'll alternate a couple of other sitcoms, but. When I'm laying down to go to sleep for the night, I stick a couple episodes on with a sleep timer, and like it's it's always How I Met Your Mother or Community or uh, Parks and Recreation, something like that, and always just because you don't really need to watch it when you've seen the episodes a number of times. No, but it's just the sound in the background, the laughs. The jokes, having a few chuckles right before you go to bed, because you know the joke's coming, but it still hits the same every every time. This, how I met your mother, is a strange one yeah. because I'm not, I'm not generally into shows with like laugh tracks, Agreed. but this one happens to be like the exception that proves the rule in that like you can use that canned laughter if you do it right. And the jokes are funny enough that one of my favorite things in this whole series is how often the characters break each other. Yeah. And you can notice it in subtle shots that they were not able to edit around. And like Alison Hannigan will just burst out laughing because the lines are so outrageous. And it's it's tough to film that bar shot without showing everyone's faces. Yeah, no. Uh, and see, that that's what I love because, like, the, the, what makes what sells it half the time is how outrageous some of those lines are, or how outrageous some of those mm. things Barney is doing are. And you just gotta love it. It's different. It, it's and I. I I love the subtle shot it takes at Friends in season two because after its first season, people are like, oh, this show's just like Friends. No, this is what Friends would be like if Friends was good. Because um, <laughs> it's the Swarly episode because they're, the, they're at the coffee shop and they're like, hmm. No, not as good as the, the Hanging out at a coffee shop's not as fun as a bar. Or maybe it's not the Swarly episode. It might be the episode that's Barney's origin, because both both of those take place at the same coffee shop, but I'm pretty sure it's the Swarly episode. Um, but it's the subtle digs like that, and how self aware that show was, that just 
made it so fun to be around. How self-aware it was of what was going on in the world. Uh, I love the hurricane episode where they they talk about mm. the uh, the hurricane that hit back in August uh, and the story of how they they survived through it and why there's no boogie boarding in front of the bar. Uh, Ted being from Cleveland I, and the creators, one of the creators is actually from Cleveland. That's why Ted is from Cleveland. Uh, the fact that Ted pays attention to Cleveland sports and the, the last few seasons take place during the time LeBron left for the Miami Heat. So there's all those shots at LeBron. I'm like, yeah, the Cavs are doing just fine. I'm like, Ted, just move on. LeBron did. It, <laughs> it, it is one of my favorite running jokes of him just, like, yelling about LeBron. <laughs> Especially in those last three seasons. I, one another episode I love is Barney's uh, strip club decision episode, which was a complete mock of LeBron's decision about going to Miami. It's just mm. the show was so aware of what was going on around it. Like even making the joke when they had Nick Swisher on an episode that oh he's a Yankee that means te- you're, that means you're not getting the girl straight up. Mm. <laughs> So, I I don't know, but if I, I still there's something about it that's always hitting me in just the right way, even when I'm down. It, it, it also there as much as people would hate saying this, it's something I love about the show. When you watch it at different points in your life, it makes you question where you are and who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I it. Obviously, it has definitely resonated differently for me from when I was 12, 13 to when I'm 26. But it it does just, depending on, like, how how you feel, like, change the series a little bit. And I, I can only say that as a person who has watched it that many times that like you you always find something else that you enjoy about it i've i've like definitely come away from the series with multiple different feelings of like you know maybe maybe if they had ended it earlier and brought victoria in and like kind of brought her back as the mother and it was kind of a twist of like oh we introduced her several seasons ago i heard that was a possible thing that they were going to do if they had to end it early yeah i heard that too and i really enjoyed that as an idea of like them having to break up and then she leaves for a couple of seasons but twist like it's it's a classic thing Ted would do right at the end of his story of like, oh, yeah, actually, I've already talked a bunch about your mother. Right. <laughs> no. And yeah, like, it's, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the series as a whole. I I love all of the characters, like, so much that I, I'm just so happy even when characters leave because... I I like Victoria. I like uh, like I I like Quinn. Yes. And I like Stella. And all all of the characters are so fun. But 
I'm just, I'm waiting for the next one to come in as well. <laughs> it's like, if, if we don't get rid of, if we don't get rid of Victoria, I'm not going to get to Kevin, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and, and all, all the characters that come in and out are, are such a joy. And I, uh, the, the characters are just insane to me. Like, they, they really are. Because you can just feel how human and, and feel how they're supposed to um, just represent the growth in a character. Like, Quinn was... The, the growth Barney needed to realize he is ready to commit. Like, that, that, that was important to who he ultimately ends up with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I... And, and, and here, another one. Kevin, you, you brought up Kevin. Kevin, when Cal Penn came on, and did that stint. I love. I'm a huge Cal Penn fan, especially from Harold and Kumar films. Um, and to see the the doubt that that or see the growth that it caused in Robin to the point where she realized maybe I do want a husband. Maybe I do want a kid. Or maybe, or excuse me, not that I don't, she didn't want kids, but maybe I do want a husband and a happily ever after. And maybe it's not all about my career. Hmm. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it's so weird to, to be talking about this show to me because I, I feel like I, I live this show. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's so much, in it. um, that it's it lives day, and what's the most funny thing to me is I uh, I I started my rewatch back in the beginning of February. I just ended uh, a couple a few days ago, and um, and I got my best friend to watch it. I got my younger brother uh, just my it over because I showed him I'm a bad I'm, I'm not like your brothers. I was a bad influence. I, I got my younger brother hooked to that show when he was like uh, six or seven. <laughs> so yeah. Um, he, he's probably he he ranks his favorite television shows as The Office being number one, and How I Met Your Mother being number two. And I recently got the entire series on box that it was like twenty on sale for twenty five bucks, and my girlfriend picked it up for me for Valentine's Day. And he found out it was on sale, and he rushed out to go get it himself. So, like, <laughs> it, it's and part of the reason he loves it is he's like it's a hope and. Similar reasons to me. He loves 
that he sees part of himself in all these characters. He his favorite character is uh is Barney. Not no shocker there for him. Um, mine personally, I am a Ted guy through and through, and it's funny because my best watching the show now, or actually he's watching it through for the first time ever. He's one of those people who he catch episodes here and there, and now I'm getting texts from him. Dude, I never understood why you you went back to watch this every single year, but now I do. When he's like, he's like, I get it now. <laughs> and the funny thing is, if you ever met Nick, he is the. If Marshall was a filmmaker or a film student instead of a uh, a lawyer or law student, oh, sorry about that. Um, he he that would be. That would be Nick. Like, same demeanors, same personality, makes similar dad jokes. Also 6'4", and incredibly weird and, and silly. That is, that's Nick. And it's, mm. it's just, like, how, how much you see of, of people and your, of these characters and your loved ones also. If you have to, if you can excuse me real quick, I'm getting my phone blown up by my family because my dog needs let out. So I'll be right back. Since we've got a natural stoppage here, let me just take a second to plug our movie trivia Schmodown channel, uh, Schmoes of the North. If you head on over to that on either Facebook or on YouTube, we cover uh, the movie trivia Schmodown with multiple different shows. We have our Schmodown Night in Canada, where we review the matches of the week, or our live shows where we cover the actual uh, the live events as soon as they're over. We go live, and we also have Northern Consultations, our interview show where we sit down with a personality from the movie Trivia Schmodown and get to know them both inside and outside of the metaphorical ring. Newly added to Schmoes of the North, we have Mount Schmodown, hosted by Ryan Payne and Ben Rayner, where they sit down and kind of look at the legacy of a specific person in the movie Trivia Schmodown, whether they're, like, part of the game or they've moved on or they're back in the game, in the case of some people. Uh, it's a very cool breakdown of a player's career, their matches, their, uh, their character, their journey through the Schmodown itself and you you should really check out they've got a whole backlog of episodes that have been added to our uh, channel and they come out with a new one every week on Saturday be sure to check that out I believe it's uh, around four o'clock uh, eastern and one o'clock pacific all right so. where were we <laughs> I don't know exactly. We're, where I was just were. talking about my buddy Nick and how he's basically mm. the living embodiment of Marshall. That. Um, Soda, so yeah. our buddy Soda has actually had interactions with Nick. He went on Nick's wrestling podcast. Nick and Chris. I I was actually gonna jump in as well there and say, like who I felt was yes. mine. Go ahead. But so my as as we get back into this, uh, my favorite character and the character I find most like resembles me are different ones because I I do also really 
like uh, Ted. Like he's my favorite character in in the quintet, I'd say. But I'm I'm much more of in in more situations. I find that I am a Robin because I am very like and and not necessarily career oriented but goal oriented which is what i would describe robin as and to uh, circle back and finish with lily who is the like and you said it best the like self-doubt is the questioning yourself the never knowing what she wants to do whereas robin always knows what she right. wants to do right and and also just like when when like patrice is introduced and like that feeling of just that coworker who like it does not matter how nice the person is your your two personalities just do not work on a fundamental level and you just the the kill bill music starts yeah. playing in your head every time they come near you <laughs> I I definitely I definitely connect with that a lot. Yeah, no. The, <laughs> I, I I always love nobody asked you, Patrice. No, it's <laughs> uh but no lately I felt like Robin because of the grind and, and I know you guys over at most of the North do it too. The grind you put in to to just keep putting out new content and build up your following and make some form of name for yourself. But the thing I, I, I am curious about is what, how the show would be now in today's day and age. Um, because it started winding down really at the birth of this digital age. I remember there was the episode where they were talking about the mystery of it all and, and whatnot, but Social media didn't really completely explode yet until a few years after the fact. Like, the the I'd I'd love to see uh, a a new Robin character. Or let's say they rebooted the show, which God forbid they ever do. But at the same time, I know I'd still watch it because that's how big of a fan I am. Um, but but it'd be interesting to see similar characters with similar traits or the same characters in this newer updated time just to think about how like imagine if the show was just starting and robin is trying to break into the news industry you she'd be doing podcasting and live streaming like we are imagine because mm-hmm. and change marshall from being someone who wanted to be an environmental lawyer to someone who wanted to be a social justice lawyer, especially what's been going on in the world. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Marshall could be a carbon copy because we we yes, very much still we need do. environmental lawyers more more so than we needed back in two thousand five when they were making very cutting yes, commentary this about is very it. True. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my God, that was fifteen years ago. Yes, it'll be 16 years in September. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just uh, a a lot of those things, yeah, they are just uh, 
like jobs and personality types and paths that so many people take that you could honestly remake the show but i don't think you're gonna get that like that chemistry the they got these and I, I, like these I characters are are so good at it yeah i i remember i i can't remember whose show i was watching now but i they started talking about Allison Hannigan being like a uh, like a character or an actress who really like melts into her roles and is very like believable. And I I mentioned like my favorite thing is how how the relationship between Lily and Marshall works, considering like they could not show that personal affection because um jason siegel was a smoker and it made allison hannigan yep. super she, sick she wouldn't kiss him so she one. like basically refused yeah and they even in later seasons it's only like once or twice a season if you really count it out but they they really time everything yes. so well and i, I know I, it's really surprising how how great a love story they tell in the yes. middle of a sitcom. And I know, I know he, they kissed more after the first season. He was an on and off smoker after that. Um, but mm. uh, and this is crazy to think about. You know who was originally supposed to be Ted Mosby? I I heard about some castings recently, but I I cannot remember that. Jason who, who, Biggs who was that? from the American Pie films. Wow, that would have been. I don't think the show would have worked like it does if it was Jason Biggs. I'm I'm just gonna be honest. I don't. I think Josh Radner brought something special and human to the character and a lot of people if you had done jason biggs would just be like oh it's the guy from american pie josh radner mm -hmm. was like this unknown and now he's completely known for one show and one show only that man doesn't have to do anything for the rest of his life he can just live off the residuals from from the show because the show's in syndication, like yeah. he'll he'll never not be, he'll he'll never be wanting for money. So when you hear when you hear a name like Jason Biggs pop up, you're like, and considering what we know, what we got, you're like, huh? Mm. Looking at it here, Kobe Smulders has like three films and one main TV role before How I Met Your Mother. Mother. She's like. Yeah, she she was in a couple like I'm looking at like six or seven other TV shows where she goes one to four episodes as a guest, but only one main role on TV and a couple of film appearances. And so she was a relative. The most known member well. of that cast at the time, if I remember correctly, I should say known and positively known was Allison Hannigan coming off of Buffy. Yeah. 
that yes. that would definitely be yes. and american pie and <laughs> let's be honest um See, I think that would have been the issue. Like, I, I really think people could have bought Jason Biggs if Allison Hannigan wasn't playing Lily. But if you had both of them in the same movie, it would have been, or in the same TV series, I should say, it would have been too yeah. much. I mean, here's my th- I, I forgot. So your two, your three most known actors were Jason Siegel. And he was barely known because it was Freaks and Geeks where people knew him from. Um, then you had uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil who, Patrick Harris. He was one of those ones with negative press at the time because of his, his demons. We'll just mm. leave it at that. His personal demons that he he struggled with. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it would be Allison Hannigan coming off of Buffy. Yeah, so it's just one of those things. You're just like, man, it, it was the perfect storm. Yeah, and it it also was um, in in that right time period too. Like, uh, what was it? Two and a Half Men was just coming to a close, and I think at no, least Two and a Half Men started at the same time. Would have been ending they, around. Two and a Half Men ended around the same time as High Met Your Mother, if I remember correctly. Oh well, then maybe it was coming to starting to suck. That uh, that might have been two thousand. Actually, it ran long. It ran longer than High Met Your Mother. But, two and a Half Men started in two thousand three and ended in twenty fifteen. I did not realize it. <laughs> Entered in 2015. Yeah. Wow. Got 12 seasons of that shit. But yeah, or so yeah, like Two and a Half Men was taking off, and um, like it, it was just like people were looking for sitcoms. Every network pulled one out at that time. You had Community on NBC, you had How I Met Your Mother, you had Two and a Half Men. With the Big Bang Theory come out in that time period as well, like pe- people were looking f- for a reason to watch yeah. a comedy, and especially because when those shows come out, we're we're st- like at least in America in the dead center of the Iraq War, so laughs were something that were needed at the time. Hmm. So I think that's why the mid mid two thousands to early two thousand and tens was like the golden age for sitcoms. And now look at it, the sitcom that again. Yeah, like looking looking at what's out now, I can only name one off the top I of can my name... head. And that's Superstore. So, and I haven't so watched it. I, I just can name a have few heard good things. And Two of them, two of them tie together, so I count them as one, and then, and then the other one is Superstore. Um, so one is Superstore. The other two are Blackish and Mixedish. So mm-hmm. I've actually seen a couple of episodes of that when it first came out, but I didn't have like. The right streaming service or oh, yeah, you, cable you, you, you package you, you're in, going I, forward. I always so. gotta remember you're in Canada. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I... even worse in Quebec, where like basically the entire province, I would say, is owned by the internet Oof. providers. And there's only two of them. And they, they, like, literally, the guys who sit on those boards sit on the same boards as, like, the people who run the power grid and also the people who run the media and also, like, government boards. And it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, so, I would not be able to survive that. Um, but no, I, I those... Yeah. I'm mixed, and I I am mixed. And the thing I love about blackish and and mixedish are the scathing commentary it takes on certain topics that are uncomfortable to talk about. And and how yes. this ties back into How I Met Your Mother is because How I Met Your Mother did that in a different way, where it called it out in its comedy. I mean. Mm-hmm. Even though Barney, uh, Barney definitely represents rape culture. Let's be honest. But they they always called him out on how disgusting and and just horrible he he was as a person, and that's that's something not a lot of people realize. Granted, Barney Barney always got consent, so I guess it's not really rape culture, but to an extent, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, like toxic masculinity yes. is a great way to phrase it without, uh, without like throwing the character under the bus. Because um, I do think that, like, of a lot of, especially sitcom and like that kind of character, Barney tends to yes. respect women. He is the a exact lot. opposite of Joey Tribbiani. Like. He, which is like he, he always mentions he is looking for the dumbest, most gullible person in the bar because everyone else yeah. terrifies him. And like you see it with like his mother, with uh, Nora, with Robin, with like all, all of these figures that. Like he holds so dear to him are women. And, uh, you actually, you actually brought up something I was about to bring up. And, I think that comes from the fact he was raised by a single mother, and not a lot of people stop mm. to think about that. But realistically, he was raised by a single mother who was that girl, but he also learned how to respect women through her, mm-hmm. because like on top of being that girl, she was an incredibly good parent. So, like, I mean, that should have put some retrospective into him, and maybe if someone had pointed it out, he would have realized, but, like, you know, some sometimes people are dumb in some ways, and incredibly intelligent in others, and Maybe all these dumb chicks he's going after, he just hasn't hasn't looked at them for their smartness. <laughs> yeah, it's or you know maybe maybe somebody did tell yes. him, and that's why he does so, eventually mention, change somewhat. But yes, he, he did. Change I say somewhat. somewhat. I mean, he changes <laughs> a lot after he has a kid. 
and I, I told mm-hmm. which we should we should yes. get into that in just a second uh we're we're gonna do like a small break where i have an ad to uh slot in and then Sounds we'll good. jump into the second half and we're back so a lot of people have have some trouble with this series because they they like most of it and uh season nine has a lot of a lot of detractors but a couple of people who really really enjoy it and we happen to be two of those people so you you did mention it and i thought it was really great to to talk about uh how i met your mother's ninth and final season because it it does not get enough love you you are correct it 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 doesn't get enough love at all people rather take the time to look at the negatives than see how clearly and well thought out things in that ninth season were yes do I get it's weird to tell a narrative of an entire season over two days? Yes. But at the same time, those are normally those two or so days are normally days of your life. And you're you're barely getting sleep like they did. And you're you're under all this pressure like they are. But like we said, it's because it's a sitcom, it's kind of turned up to eleven. And a lot of people, especially, Mm. hate on that finale, which I don't get. (laughs) Granted, granted, I know a lot of people wish they it was you had that moment at the uh, train station with Ted finally meeting Tracy, and then it cut to black or their wedding, and it cut to black. But I disagree, and I kind of touched on it in the first half, or, or I think I maybe I touched on it. Uh, touched on it with you before we even started, which was the fact that Tracy and Ted's journeys kind of mirror each other in a way. And and that is the fact that mm-hmm. Tracy, and this is, this is just what's true in life, um, the, people always say, you got to find the one. In truth, there's not a the one there's a the few and you are lucky enough in life yeah to be able to find one of those few or in tracy and ted's case two of those few Hey, y'all, just wanted to take a second to plug our other shows that can be found on our YouTube channel that are not Shmodan related. Uh, if you head on over to Shmos of the North, uh, you could catch any of our shows as well as this one, including The Frenchie Talks About, Snark's Midlife Crisis, and Canadian Comic Book Corner. In Frenchie Talks About, Frenchie sits down with a friend or an expert, and they uh, talk any sort of topic that is going to be on display in that episode. It could be, uh, there's an episode on ego, there's an episode on uh, filmmaking, there's an episode on fitness, who who knows what they're going to be talking about. 
kind of similar in that vein, you have Snark's Midlife Crisis, where Snark uh, chooses something, some sort of pop culture thing, uh, phenomenon that he missed out on at some point during his life. And he sits down and uh, checks it out and then reviews it with a number of guests as well. Then over on Canadian Comic Book Corner, one of our newest shows, uh, Soda and Dave sit down and talk a multitude of different comic book properties, Marvel, DC, maybe some third party, who knows? Uh, I got a specific fantasy comic that I need to make them uh, read and then review with me, but that might uh, take a little bit of time because I, I will need to convince them and also purchase it for them, probably. But hey. Who knows? Also, I I might actually point out with Ted specifically, um, he ran into at least four of them, and the he was one of the few people to be unlucky because as perfect as him and Stella were for each other, there was oh. somebody just as great and also with baggage for Stella and the the opposite with Victoria of like it's because you see him date a couple of other people on the show and you see him Zoe was never the one with a couple of other girls but yeah exactly like those those four really stand out differently so, to from me, the others I I, 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 but, I didn't even stop to think about that but I, I do agree with oh, you go on to me though the reason I, I I brought up the mirroring of their relationships was the fact that when we get Tracy's origin episode the episode he's been all this time we find out that her boyfriend dies suddenly just like after just mm-hmm. like afterwards, uh, when at, shortly after we meet her, by the end of the finale, passed on. Yeah, although it's kind of hinted that yeah, she, she, does she just not she gets sick suddenly. But, she... but my point, my point is, where yeah. when we meet her, te- technically the beginning of her story starts with death, and then she takes all this time to try to to move on. We have Ted, who's mm. Story doesn't start with death, it starts with hope. Obviously, she dies, and he's able to go back to this other woman where she eventually found Ted and they got to live happy together for a few years. And she got sick, and it, it just life happens. See, that that one episode, season nine, yes, uh, how your mother met me. That's, oh, that's it's the 200th like episode, that. which is kind of cool, too. And, like, basically, that the story that is being told in that episode is the same story that is being told over the whole season. It's the story he's telling to his kids of, like, like basically, you're, like, this. this is how things happen for your mother and how she was capable of moving on and it's kind of trying to convince them and himself that 
it is okay for him to now move on. You just, you don't realize that until, again, you, you need to watch, I, I think everyone needs to re-watch the series, knowing what season nine has in store for them, because I do think it exactly. adds to it rather than takes away and- from it. Also, I do love a sitcom that yes. ends on a first a joke, last one. joke, which is, yeah, uh, the blue French horn, the going running after Robin, the everybody in the room knowing that Ted likes Robin before Ted does, like all all of that is, yep. it's it's literally the first episode. And I, uh, it's, I, it's really fun. And I I do like the change in the narrative of like condensing the whole thing over mm-hmm. a three day weekend. And like it is it is a different thing considering the other seasons can be tracked roughly year by year and they kind of blip throughout the year and show only like slices of their life but you can say almost every season takes place year after year except for this one but i i do enjoy like the condensing it down and telling all the little stories versus the big grandiose ones that we've had and the little stories are what makes this show so great half the time like some of the best episodes are these smaller mm. stories. I was gonna say, like I'm looking at one of my favorite ones here. Uh, um, the one bedtime stories. Just the entire episode being being in rhyme. Yeah, and I just I really like the the idea behind it of just a a father or parent like just trying to calm their kid and what calms their kid is the only thing you do like it it doesn't matter as long as you can keep doing the thing that will calm your kid your sanity means nothing <laughs> you know and just I, I love the little uh Lin-Manuel Miranda cameo in that episode Dur- during the time he is writing <laughs> Hamilton like, yeah that yeah. was filmed while he was workshopping and writing that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a two-hour drive-by for, oh, no. for I, a no, I, guest spot on it, a TV no, set. No, no, my, like, my point is, like, it's weird it's, because it's not most difficult. people, when they think of Lin-Manuel, you think of him with either the, the long Hamilton hair with the ponytail or the short haircut you've been seeing him since he left the stage show. And he has that in-between hairstyle. Mm. During, yeah, where he's growing it out, where he's like exactly. growing it out in anticipation. <laughs> but my my favorite episode from that season is without a doubt. Oh, this one's tough. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Daisy episode. No, no, it's the end of the aisle. End of the aisle. Maybe it's mm. maybe it's just because of. Uh, that final scene, but if it, it felt like a proper goodbye to all the all the other characters, you know what I mean? That it felt mm-hmm. like 
I know some people was like, that's my, I've, I've talked to some people who are like, that's my season, my series finale. I'm like, but he does, he doesn't meet the mother. They're like, we, we know he's about to, that's, that's my series. Okay. Sure. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. I, I would actually defend that more than just watching half of last forever. Honestly, like if, if you want to keep, well, she's not shrouded in mystery because she's a main like character on this season. But if you had actually like managed to hide her most of the season and you just consider like the mother is more of a mystery than a, a true character on the show, then yes, I, I don't disagree with that, but I just really do think the last episode kind of caps most people's uh, stories better because while I I think the yes. the wedding is fun and everything, but I think the moment that Robin and Barney are at in their like life journey and romantic journey is where Ted was at at the beginning of the season or the series, I should say of just like they're, they're ready for it. They're looking for it. And they, they have found one of their people that they're compatible with, but they're, they're just a smidge too different for each other. And then they're, realities get in the way more than their feelings do because like Robin wants to travel the world and Barney wants to stay in New York for the rest of his life that's it's it's just not gonna work out in the long run and that's okay which I I really enjoy that that is part of the thing itself is that they both divorced and are okay is is one of my favorite things no i i I agree um it's so weird because this it's it's all just so fresh in my head and i'm talking about it now less than a week later and um it's like everything's hitting me all like a ton of bricks uh the the most the most in in the entire uh final season for me is when ted meets the mother it's like because you, you see the realization that they've been hovering around each other for all these years and just missing each other when they start having the conversation about the umbrella. Mm. And it's like, well, this belongs to me, Tracy McConnell. Yeah. Uh, TM, Ted Mosby, the, all, all that. It's like, I did lose it for a few years there at a at a nightclub on St. Pat. He's like on St. Patrick's day. She's like on St. Patrick's day. And just all, all, all of that just hits you in a certain way that you're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. And like that, that is so fun. And like watching the series back, you get to literally follow the umbrella everywhere. And I like that one, but I I do much prefer the one in How Your Mother Met Me because 
like the first the first shot where well, she's in she's in the, the other Clarence, mix. she's in up north and yeah. then like she gets the phone know, call the friend, uh, yeah she's she's the in the friend wrong was in the wrong and she's got to run over to her friends the friend was in, the wrong, in no i just watched it the friend was in no, the wrong no, she was. She, and they were she's like oh my god I went to one on the because tracy was sitting at the bar waiting she was already with there with the friends it was the blonde friend who or the strawberry blonde uh redhead friend who apparently had fallen for barney's my my penis grants wishes trick but yeah they're there was definitely one where Tracy. She was, was running across campus. Running across town. Because remember, that's the it's, that's the same uh, episode. Because I see you're you're seeing her entire journey, and you're seeing how she was in Ted's economics class instead of. Uh, God, I love that episode. Um, um, where she, where she was in the yeah. economics <laughs> class, and he was in the wrong classroom, and she runs out, is running across campus. Because she thinks she's in the wrong classroom, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm in the right classroom." He was in the wrong classroom. Mm. But yeah, um, what what I was going to bring up there was just like they're almost meeting all the time is is very amusing, and like in at least one of those shots, it's and I thought it was in the McLarens, but it must have just been in the pub or the club at St. Patrick's Day. You can actually see Ted in the background doing dumb things in one of her shots, and you're just like, oh it, no, it, it he was, was right the there. St. Patrick's Day one. I remember that for a fact. <laughs> I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on it, but I'd write it down in a Schmodown match. Uh, I'd, it yeah. might have been him being punched in the face by the dude. <laughs> yeah it, it, it might have been because uh, I remember the, the friend was making the joke of you never know the because she was leaving with Mitch aka the naked man and she's like you never know the love of your life might be on that dance floor right now mm. and then you see Ted dance by yeah yeah which is a different like twist to they've They've done that joke in the past where the it's two girls talking about meeting the love of their life, and then Barney walks past and does something yeah. silly, and they're just like, eh, maybe it's... the next one. <laughs> and I I do like that they they find ways to twist so many of the different jokes in the series in in many different ways, and they every everybody gets a chance to. It's... It's just it's incredible. Uh, but uh, I, I know, I know. We're, I promise we keep this short. So I do have one one theory because, as you know, we, and I brought up in the first half of this, um, we were supposed to get a sequel show, kind of, with a new group of friends, and it was gonna, t and it was gonna be called "Hi, Much Father," and mm -hmm. all this. And Greta Gerwig uh, was actually tapped to play the star, the lead, and. I had a long-running theory because it was going to pick up from 2014, 2015, wherever it started, just like how I'm in five and went on. Um, my theory, based off of how things line, lined up time-wise, is that 
because we never found out the name of the mother of Barney's daughter. That it was we were gonna have this woman who was more like the Barney and sleeping around and whatnot, and eventually get knocked up. Meets Barney, and she's number 31. It would have lined up perfectly time-wise, too. That would be really cool. (laughs) Because, think about it. That that is kind of awesome. It was like 2020. So it's like, okay, let's try to get six seasons out of this. And it it would have just matched up right about where it needed to. That's that's not bad at all. That's I I really like that. And I'm not exactly sure, but you could oh, even fit throughout some it, of yes, the other characters it. in I, I also depending found, on the time. I thought it was a way you could possibly fit in like even if it's just if it's just like mini cameos or background stuff, because as we all know, that, that show does some crazy stuff in the background. Yes. Like I, I definitely like, want to see Tracy see, or Abby or like yeah. specifically the, the smaller well, you, you would have been able to see how Tracy's life as this author cool. was going on. Like little updates on these characters' lives we we knew of through like newspapers or the television or things like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, what's What's like the most obscure character? The naked man. That would be very fun to run into. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, Mitch, by the way, should always the appear. Naked man works. But um, yes, the pineapple incident. I was, I was actually thinking let the me, pineapple incident. Uh, Trudy. Yes. Also, I, I love that actress. Let, every let me, time say, she let me say this for your up, listeners. So. More, more. The naked Trudy. man works. <laughs> man, done it. I've I've only done it two. Uh, I'm afraid to go for that third, but I've done it twice. And right now I'm batting a hundred. The naked man works. It it probably works best when you're already in a committed relationship. Not in a relationship at the time of doing this. So Uh, also, you know, what what generally doesn't work is pining over the same person for like 12 years until they eventually cave and go out with you. So like not everyone is going to have a Ted and Robin story. (laughs) That's, that's, that's another way to put all of that. And you know, like that's one thing I, I do enjoy the series because um, Ted never blames Robin for how she feels or for not and you never loving him back as much as he loves her or any of that like no obviously not and I I really like that he like he does stick to it more than you should in real life obviously but he always tries to better himself and to like bring himself to Robin's level rather than try to turn her into something else. And that is one thing that I have always appreciated that like it, it could have been a lot worse. The 
the story they were telling and they do thread a needle that like uh, while it could be looked at in many ways as a toxic or even abusive relationship and it overall is not (laughs) a couple of other things that I wanted to mention from this season I mean slaps giving that's one of my favorite things in the whole series of just bringing Can I just say, slap I that knew back it was gonna... all the time. And this, this last one, they needed to make it like elaborate, but not too over the top because everybody was hyped for that last, that last couple of slaps and, the way they do it can I, is can I just say, so um, fun. <laughs> I, I was so happy that the last bet was or the last slap was uh, Barney slapping, Mar- or, excuse me, Marshall slapping Barney into the senses when Barney was about to walk away. Just made sense. It was just fantastic. Mm. <laughs> and I, I really do like it. Like the whole story of him going to China and. Barney is like, you didn't go to China. Yes. And everyone's like, yep, yep, you went to China. <laughs> for a year. You because went to China for a year. It's what Barney always wants the gang to do when he's... <laughs> and it's the thing Barney wants them to do when he's telling a crazy elaborate story that makes no sense, is to just go with it and say yes. And they, they will yes. do it to specifically screw with Barney. Uh, Barney getting so drunk that he is incapable of being moved is very fun. Just when when he goes out and he (laughs) recruits two random dudes and he gets them suits in the middle of the night and like they were at a destination wedding where I guess maybe Barney invited Tim Gunn, his tailor, to the wedding. And so that's why he was on hand. <laughs> and yeah, like he, he just gets these guys suits and then brings them to a bar and writes the entire playbook on a bunch of napkins and then wanders ready. off into the night. <laughs> it And just having them uh, learn the good. have you met Ted bit and just be like, oh my God, it was so easy all along. I... I just, I just love it. I, I, I just, there's, there's nothing else to really say besides, I love this film so much. I said film. Oh my yeah, god! <laughs> like the the whole series is so series, fun series. and, like, you did, you did. I I called it a film earlier too. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like every every season has a different story that it's telling every like and every episode has a different story or multiple stories that it's telling and I really like the way that they keep finding different ways to tell the multiple threads all at once you see it in uh, the Super Bowl episode you, but you also see a different version of it in the um, Marshall and Lily's uh, housewarming party, 
where he tells the story in five parts, going room by room, whereas the Super Bowl was kind of jumping around, but telling everybody's story as it follows them through the city. There's so many great episodes. It's it's such a diverse show. Yeah, but I... I just I love but the it's way such they a, track it's such a diverse show and it's all about growth so as a human being and I think that's ultimately what makes it as successful as it is. But with that, I think I've said all I can say about the show. Yeah, and to like uh, add on to that a little bit, like maybe that's why they took so much care into tracking everyone because yes. in order to show growth, you must show time passing, and that is one thing. Mm-hmm this series does very well is really make you think yes. time has passed in these characters lives and yeah uh that that is about it for me as well i uh same i Daniel. really enjoyed sitting down with you and talking about like one of my favorite series and <laughs> i honestly just want to go watch some more of it now <laughs> like i i watched a few episodes of nine after we decided we were gonna talk about it but i don't watch the whole series or i'd be doing nothing but that so maybe if i uh get some patreon and uh something set up and eventually i can do that thank you for having me on daniel it's it's always nice to talk to another uh big (laughs) yeah real quick if you want to find me you can look up uh, who are they real entertainment that is real spelled r-e-e-l um entertainment youtube and facebook we go live there talking about the latest and greatest in entertainment news we have spin from the real our schmodown show really scared our horror centric show and um wrestle real our wrestling centric show and we have a couple more shows coming down the pipeline so yeah but you can also follow me on twitter at what movies underscore matt what is spelled w-a-t so yeah great great and I can be found uh, uh, personally at Avengers underscore S-O-T-N. That's a- Avengers with an E-H. I'm Canadian. And uh, S-O-T-N stands for Schmoes of the North, which you can find me over there. That's our uh, Schmodown coverage channel and also on YouTube. It's what hosts this show. And you can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, all under the name Schmoes of the North. We're really easy to find. We also uh, do some Schmodown reaction stuff. We are jumping into TV and soon comic books and a couple of other things. Uh, Really just trying to find our footing. We're relatively new in the space, so we're not sure exactly where we're going yet, but we're anxious to uh, figure it out and uh, then you can also find this show if you're looking to leave any comments or questions or suggestions for shows or people that I should have guessed Um, you can find that at the BTVS pod on Twitter and that's the and then BTVS and then pod that'll be all Uh, thank you once again Matt this was really great uh, and yeah, I mean, if in a few episodes I need somebody like to plan. come on, I will have definitely night, be messaging you. <laughs>